Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Very important announcement. Please do not fast forward if you live in Phoenix or Los Angeles. I am going to Toronto to work on the Kids in the Hall reboot, and I will not be able to do my gig in Phoenix March 28th or Los Angeles for March 24th. Both dates are being rescheduled. As I record this, I do not have the reschedule information yet. And so the best thing to do is keep checking my website, jenkirkman.com, click tour, or that newsletter. The minute those things get rescheduled, I will be sending out a newsletter, jenkirkman.com, click Kirk Mail. So when you hear me say the tour dates, when this episode begins, it is because I recorded this episode in advance. And so I appreciate your patience with the rescheduling. When it rains, it pours. It's feast or famine. I get jobs all at once or I don't work for a year. God, isn't life great? Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Just some quick tour dates. As you know, Saturday, March 28th, 7 p.m., Copper Blues Live in Phoenix, my only stop in Arizona. All tickets at jenkirkman.com. Click tour. When you hear about a city and you go, how do I get tickets? Remember what I'm telling you now jenkirkman.com, click tour. Of course, you're always welcome to go to the website of any of these establishments, but my link will take you right there. So there you go. March 28th, Phoenix. April, nothing. May. And that's on purpose. Don't be like, you could go here, you could go there. May 7th through 9th, I am at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. That is Mother's Day weekend. My material is so, not only mom-friendly, it's mom Like, it's like moms love it, and then non-moms love it, too. So it's like, it's hard to go wrong with me. So May 7th through 9th, five shows, Caroline's Comedy Club, New York City. Those are selling fast, especially the Saturday night early show. So I would maybe not wait on that one, because that one will sell out in advance. Then, where am I next? Well, I'm at the Spokane Comedy Club in Spokane, Washington, which is June 4th through 6th. My first time doing that club, so don't embarrass me. Please buy tickets. Buy them in advance. July 10th and 11th. Four shows only. I'm at Zany's in Dallas. Well, it's not Zany's. It's called... (laughs) It's called Hyenas. Sorry. We don't have to edit that out. We keep it in. It's charming. Um, And tickets are on sale now. Dallas, that is my only stop in Texas this year. So, um, yep. Yep, 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 yep. Come on back. I love all the places in Texas, but my biggest turnouts are always Dallas. I can only pick one this year, so that's where I'm coming. So make the drive in from all the corners. And then in July, no, in August, I'll be in Winnipeg, back in Winnipeg at the Park Theater, my third time back there in August, August 8th. And then September, I'll be in Buffalo, New York at the 
um, Helium there and Bloomington, Indiana at the Comedy Attic. None of these are on sale yet, but you go to Jen Kirkman and click Kirk Mail. You'll get an email the day they go on sale with a ticket link. And then November, right after the election, I'll be up in Portland, Oregon, and then Seattle. So who knows what mood we'll all be in. By the way, I'll probably have to cancel my whole tour because of coronavirus. So who even knows? Okay, enjoy this week's episode. Fondlessness, fondlessness, fondlessness. Back on the other side of it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Having Funlessness with Jen Kirkman, episode 326. It is the March 11th episode. How is everybody? Oh, God, if you don't know what this podcast is, it's me. I'm a comedian. I have Netflix specials. I wrote books. But this is where I go to talk about anything I feel like. And it can be funny or it can be not. So there you go. It's a podcast. People talk. I think we are clear on this concept. It is a stream of conscious monologue podcast. How's that sound? Uh, I forgot one thing, my show Real Talk with Jen Kirkman, which is where I interview a famous and fun person. I that will next one will be Tuesday, March 24th, 7:30 p.m. at the Hollywood Improv Lab. Seats only about 50 people, so get those tickets in advance. I am interviewing the great, the legendary, the iconic Julia Sweeney, who you know from Saturday Night Live, but you also know her right now. She's on Shrill and many other TV shows. Um, she's had a rich and storied life in show business. She was also a writer on Sex and the City. I want to talk to her about that because we've had some great conversations off the mic about uh, just, you know, I think she's going to be a really good one to talk to about career um, because she's a little older than me. And she's like, you know, I never, I'm, I'm working more than I ever thought. And, uh, you know, we we had a long talk once about taking jobs you don't necessarily want in the business, pay the bills, all this. So I think it's going to be like a good career-focused talk. And she's got the most amazing love story of how she ended up with her husband that you've ever heard. Like when she told me, I couldn't believe it. So I'll be interviewing her about that. So come on down. Tickets are only $15. Those are also at jenkirkman.com. Click tour. They're on sale now. All right. What are we going to talk about this week? Well, the Patreon is here. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about doing this show with Dana Carvey last week. I'm going to talk about the coronavirus. And I'm going to talk about do you have an internal monologue or not? There are some people that don't. And we're going to, you know, read a couple listener emails um, from people who have emailed me. And I forgot another thing at home. Oh, fucking great. My head is exploding. I am working so much lately that me sitting here recording the podcast right now is, as much as I love doing it, stressing me out because I do have a full-time job and we're working extra overtime because we're working on the script and it's kind of, when you have a job like that, you you cancel everything else. But if you're someone like me who has multiple careers, like you can't cancel it. So I had to get out of one headspace, get out of the house, get here, and uh, forgot to print something important to my um, – some ads. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, so that's what it is. So let's begin. Let's just give a re- recap. You know, this show used to be – Oh, this is what I did this week. But since I've been doing nothing but working and I can't give you top secret information about television shows I write on, um, and it wouldn't be interesting anyway if I'm like, wow, we were going to have this character do this, but now she's doing this. 
I'm just going to tell you about my week. So I hope you've all been enjoying the Patreon. You can sign up if you go to at Jen Kirkman podcast, which is my Facebook page for the podcast in the link in bio. That's what you click to join the Patreon. And if you want to find me uh, on Twitter, then you're going to go to at funlessnesspod, at funlessnesspod. And in the link in that bio will be how you get to the Patreon. And then if you go to jenkirkman.com slash podcast, the Patreon link will be at the top. So there you go. Um, I'm just making myself a note. All right. Website, Twitter, Insta. All right, guys, girls, people, folks, all the genders, all the identities. Let's begin. So I got Dana Carvey as my guest to do this interview show at the Hollywood Improv Lab. And uh, the episode actually comes out in a few days. And I was so nervous because I he's doing me such a favor. And I'm not, maybe to some of you, I seem like a famous comic, but not to him. He knows the famous comics in my peer group are. And uh, also, I'm younger. He thinks of me as a kid. So I just wanted it to be a fulfilling experience. And he was so kind. I don't know if he was like, why did I do this? This is so annoying. But a little inside story. I um, said to him, I called my mom before, not because I was nervous. It was I'm not that kind of person. I got to call my mommy because I'm scared of the podcast. I just was catching up with my mom as I was driving. And I said, I'm doing my thing with Dana Carvey tonight. Now, my mom is a big fan of when Dana Carvey imitates the Beatles because my mom loves the Beatles. And so I said, I'm going to have him do his Beatles voices, I think. And I said, what if we called you as John Lennon? Would you be awake? Because it would have been 1130 p.m. her time (laughs) by the time we called her. And she's like, oh, of course. So I had to sort of tell him upstairs, you know, where the, that's where the backstage is at the improv. And I was like, I don't want to pimp you out and, and do that thing. You know, like if you run into a celebrity at the mall and you pull out your phone, call my brother. He'll love it. You know, I wasn't I didn't want to do one of those things. And I just said she really loves the Beatles. She's 81 years old. I think she had a crush on John Lennon. Well, I didn't think she told me. And I just think it would be great because I know. I know that when you're playing along, and I told her, play along, don't try to be funny, just act as though John Lennon's calling you, and what would you say? And she did a really good job, and what was funny is she emailed me the next day and said, I I obviously know I wasn't talking to John, Paul, George, and Ringo, but I felt like I was, and I let myself just go with that. And so I put a clip of that on the um, Having Funlessness Instagram page, at Jen Kirkman Podcast, but you you get to see the video and hear the audio of the entire interview I did with Dana, and that obviously is part of it. But it made me so happy because she was like, oh, my God, it's so good to hear from you. And then he's talking to her as George Harrison, and he's like, it's George. And she's like, oh, I'm so sad, George. (laughs) She was sad that he was dead. And George Harrison, Dana Carvey as George Harrison, told my mom that the afterlife is, is great, don't be afraid. And I thought that was 
such a cryptic thing to say to an 81-year-old woman, but there was something about it that actually soothed me because I realized that none of us know what's going to happen to us after we go or even during, you know? And so we get to think whatever we want. Um, maybe in the moment of truth, we'll be like, oh my God, this is fucking terrifying and worse than I thought. But that's fine. Up until that moment, you have, you've been able to tell your brain a story to make yourself happy when you think about death. And so there was this moment where it comforted me and I went, yeah, what if? What if all your favorite musicians are up there and everyone's chill and nobody's afraid? It was actually, I think it was just a riff he was saying, but it felt like he was saying to my elderly mother, uh, don't be afraid of dying, which by the way, she's not dying. And she'll be hearing this going, why is she talking about this? You know what's also weird is any, everyone goes, oh my God, your impression of your mom is spot on. As though I'm doing a Nixon impression. Like, of course it's spot on. I'm related to her and I lived with her for the most formative years of my life, zero to 21 practically. And if I don't do a good, in quotes, impression of her, then I'm an idiot. I mean, uh, I, uh, everyone can impersonate their parents. I, I don't know. For some reason, that compliment is always lost on me. I'm like, okay, it's not an impression, though. It's whatever. Whatever. You people have the worst compliments. I'm kidding. See, this is why you need to sign up for the Patreon. Even just at the $5 level, you get a video feed and you can look at my gorgeous face talking the whole time. Um, it's embedded right there on the Patreon page. And you can see via my facial expression that I'm not actually mad and yelling. And I think that's important to note. I think way too many of you out there, I see your comments or I see things you write on your own about me. Y'all are way too invested in my emotions. Um, I am fine. So isn't it nice that people are? Yes, it's it's very nice. I'll tell you when I need you. I'm good for now. All right. So coronavirus. Here's the thing. I don't know what I think. Something is happening to me as I get older where I internalize the horror of the world less. Am I less invested? No. Do I care less? No. Is it because I'm rich and live in a high tower? No. It's because there's a, with a certain level of maturity, there's more and more acceptance. I'm not going to panic. I can't change anything. I'm sad for the world, but for the love of God, I'm a human spirit in a body. I deserve some bright spot in my life. And so I try not to harp on it. But when I sit back and go, and so when I was younger, you know, I think the younger you are, the less of a, in quotes, life you have. Like, maybe you don't have a lot of, like, life experiences. You haven't hooked into, like, the right job yet. Or you just, you're just young. And I think things are intensely more frightening. I used to get so obsessed with things like pandemics and nuclear war and all of that. And, and it's like, yeah, the world is equally terrible and equally wonderful. Most things that people are doing will be of the terrible variety. And most things that, like, say, nature is doing uh, on its own is is of the beautiful variety. And then we can impact nature and then it gets terrible. And there's all kinds of things. So I remember thinking, I bet in our lifetime we will see these crazy superbugs because of global warming. Now, I don't think coronavirus is quite from that, but 
I we have a president who has gutted all of the agencies that would be handling this. And now I don't think I have a ton of Trump supporters in my audience, but I have been so good to you until now that, you know, you call everyone else a snowflake who can't handle things. If you sit here and get upset, welcome. Welcome to it, snowflake. (laughs) And you're not going to be a snowflake anymore because of global warming. You're a hot puddle. You don't even exist. You will, you'll, you'll never even come into existence. So anyway, These are not fake news, made up facts. He has gutted these agencies. He gutted most of government. There's like, you know, it's to the point where it's almost comical. Again, you wouldn't I'm writing on a TV show and there are moments where I write and I go, this is too unrealistic. It's like certain conversations, you know, like this guy reaches out to this girl to help her with a problem she's having. I'm like, that wouldn't happen. I got to write this in a way that it's believable that these two people run into each other. You know, I I obsess over it. That's what the writer does. If someone was like, write a villain, I'm like, okay, colluded with Russia to become president or let it happen. And, you know, he has a fake doctor who says his health is fine, but he's clearly being destroyed by dementia, which is really sad. And he's gutted all the government agencies and he's taken us out of the Paris Accord. And I mean... You'd be like, we just need one thing. We don't need all the things. Like, there's too much in the script already. It's, this is the one that will impact people, I believe, even more than the economy. Because I'll give you an example. The economy can crash, and it sometimes may not even affect you, even if you're not rich, you know? Or the economy can be booming, and you can be personally having a really hard time finding work, or you got a divorce and your partner took all your money, or whatever, you know? That's why the overarching issue of the economy, once we get into specifics of of who's thriving and who's not, so many other factors are at play in people's personal lives, right? So coronavirus. I'm just going to say it. They're trying to kill us all. Now, I'm not in hysterics about it. They don't care. He doesn't care. He, he knows most of the country didn't vote for him. He wants us all to die. He wants California to die. He's stripping clean air emissions. When there's fires, he's like, whatever, you didn't rake the forest. He doesn't care. And so, and then Mike Pence is in charge of it. He's a, he's a pencil. He's, he's I, I don't even know, has he ever moved his arms back and forth? Does he ever swung his arms when he walked? He's, he's. He's a Pez dispenser pencil. I can't I can't put it any other way. So they're trying to kill. They don't want to solve this. I don't know exactly why. There's usually some reason. Let's have a global pandemic so that dot, 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 so that I can get this. or Because he's not going to get rich off this. It may kill some people that didn't vote for him. But uh, I don't understand. Now, maybe it won't turn out to be anything. I'm not sounding the alarm. But what it, what is the problem with it is that it's very easily, easy to spread. It's not, there's no vaccine yet. And people may get it and you, you could get coronavirus and it may not affect you, but you could, if you're out in public, 
infect other people with your sneezings and your coughings. And I see you animals. You don't cover your mouths at airports. Or when you do, you use your hands. It's been elbow only for at least the last 20 years. You cough into your elbow. Anyway, so that's one of the problems as well. Is you Anyone you know could have coronavirus. And I mean, if it's, if, it, if it isn't bad enough that people don't go out, it's going to get worse. So I'm like, do I cancel my gigs? Like, wh- I have a, a writing job. It, it's it's not for the whole year. It's only for the next month or so. But, you know, why don't I just save my money, buckle down, and not try to do some extra tour dates? I'm scared. Now, then I think, I sit back and I think, am I really scared of coronavirus? Like, what what am I scared of? Because I'll tell you, that flu that I had, or, you know, I got a flu shot, so I don't think it was the flu, but whatever the hell I had for six weeks that affected my bronchioles so badly, I feel like I, I feel like that was coronavirus, and I'm the one that brought it here. They say it started in China. I think it started with me. It was right after I got back from uh, gigs in Kansas City. So I think it started there, and I think I got it there. No, it wasn't Kansas City. I don't remember where I was in November. Milwaukee. I got it in Milwaukee and I brought it back. So I was so sick for so long. So even to get as sick as I was, I never want that to happen again. I'll do anything to avoid it. And I assume coronavirus is like that. But it's I know it's only bad if your immune system's compromised and you're old, but it might get stronger. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that I think we should be more concerned than fewer Trump is making it out to be and less concerned than freaking out and crying. We're all going to die because that that we knew anyway. That is a thing that we knew anyway, that we're all going to die. We don't know how. So no need to, to freak out too much. But I am so happy because this ends the era of handshaking. Now it is not just for germaphobes, which I am not a germaphobe, but Shaking hands is the number one way. Uh, Technically, I looked it up. It's the number three way. The number one way is the number one way to spread illness. Whenever I get sick, it is from having been on the road. And everyone else goes, it's the recycled air in airplanes. The air in airplanes isn't bad. Air in airplanes is recycled in a way that's good for you. Airborne things die after a second. You're fine. It's not what you're breathing in necessarily unless you sit next to someone who then coughs in your face and then it goes in. But this notion that all the air and all the germs, that's not how it works. It's touching surfaces. That's why you must always get your Clorox wipes and wipe the tray tables because they don't clean them. And when people look at you doing that on a plane, I'm thinking, okay, so go to, you know, when you go to a restaurant and they're like, pick any table. And you find the table that you want, but it's one where somebody just left. And you stand there waiting for the bus people to come over to wipe the table down. And you stand there as though you're standing in front of like, I don't even know what, a fire pit. Everyone's like, oh, can't get close. You know that you stand at those tables. Or you might sit down and you might wipe off somebody's lettuce yourself, but you're like, this is disgusting. That's what's on a tray table on an airplane. You may not see a piece of food, but it's, you just got, if you got sat at a restaurant and they didn't wipe down the table, you would be like, I, what, what are you doing? So you should feel the same way on an airplane. 
Okay? Okay. And people on airplanes are eating and wiping their hands in their mouth and all that finger food on airplane. <laughs> finger food. I'm passing around to hors d'oeuvres on this flight. But, you know, pretzels and all those things, mouth and hands all over those trays is disgusting. So that's my point, everybody, is that people used to look at me and go, oh, you're extra cautious. And it's like, yeah, I use my voice for a living. I had to cancel three shows last year because of my, I got sick. So yeah. Anyway, mm. I just got an interesting email. Um, well, that's nice. So, and so I'm telling you all at my meet and greets, people come up to me and shake my hand. And when I recoil, they look at me like I'm some asshole, like, like this is some stature thing. Like I'm a rich celebrity. Don't touch me. I'll hug people, which I think actually you're not even supposed to hug with coronavirus, but it's not about you. You can't take it personally. You, you've got to look at the line of people, hundreds of people, no, but it, let's say it's like a hundred people a night are lined up to say hi to me. Every one of them wants to shake my hand. I'm not even looking at your face. I don't know who you are. I know nothing. I just don't shake my hand. And I have to say that to every person. And so every conversation starts with, I don't shake hands. And then people get defensive. Oh, well, I'm clean or I'm not sick. Oh, you're a germ phobe. Oh, well. And I'm like, oh, forget. It's it's maddening. So now I'm just going to say from the stage, I'm not shaking hands after coronavirus. Now, I used to say, when you come to the merch table, I don't shake hands. And everyone would start laughing. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm not being dramatic. And now I can say, you shouldn't want to shake my hand. I could be sick. I could have coronavirus. So there you go. Thank you, coronavirus, for fixing a problem that I, I honestly couldn't solve. And I have hand sanitizer and all the things at my little station after I shake hands. And then I run to the bathroom and I run my hands under hot water with soap and I sing happy birthday twice. But I'm someone who touches my face a lot. I touch my mouth. So there's been plenty of times when I have forgotten to do my little rituals. Anyway, so I don't know what we're going to do. I did buy a mask. Oh, God. Social media. I have to tell you. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, when am I finally going to stop torturing myself and get off social media? I mean... The podcast is where it's at. And then all you guys will be commenting in the Patreon posts, which I which I hope. And, uh, you know, you're paying to be there. We're cutting, cutting out the riffraff. I don't want to post on Twitter anymore. I don't want to post on Instagram so much anymore. It, it drives me crazy. But I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. Now, by the way, if y'all don't want to get coronavirus, you better start cleaning a little better. Clean your homes. You come home, you've been touching everything, running your hands up and down the subway. I know what you're doing. Come home, you touch your counter, start cleaning. And it's almost spring. I want you to go to Grove.co. I just got a giant box of Grove supplies. I have sponges. I have these really cool glass bottles they send with little packets that you can make your own glass cleaner, your own lavender counter cleaner. I have dishwashing uh, pods to wash the dishes. I have things you put down the sink to make it smell better. Uh, my laundry detergent, everything. Uh, Eco-friendly trash bags and toilet paper. And I just did this giant order and I just felt so good. And I just put all my cleaning products away so nicely and I cleaned. Oh my God, this is Virgo Porn. So here's the deal. Grove.co.com 
slash fun, G-R-O-V-E dot co slash fun. Grove makes healthier home products accessible and affordable. You can get non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, tree-free bath tissue. It makes it easy to find the best natural, eco-friendly products online, delivers them straight to your door. Everything is available at Grove that is healthier for you and the planet. And so, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you're like, I want healthy this that doesn't have chemicals. Oh, they only have two bottles of this. And then, oh, they only have toilet cleaner that's all chemicals. I have to go here. I have to go there. Now you can get it all in one place. They've got all the brands you love, like their own Grove brand. They've got Mrs. Meyer's seventh generation, Burt's Bees, straight to your doorstep. There's all kinds of nice smelling things, mint, lilac, peony, whatever. So here's the deal. New customers are going to get a free cleaning set with limited edition things. You're going to get a free five-set cleaning set of any one of their products. They're going to surprise you when you place your first order of $20. So here's the thing. Check out grove.co slash fun. Grove.co slash fun. And get this offer before it runs out. Now, I know you're like, Jen, do you really clean your own house? I really do. Um, I do have a housekeeper come sometimes, but when I clean it myself, uh, it's such a joy to, to smell all my smells. <laughs> so anyway, when you sign up with your first Grove order, you're going to get a free 60-day VIP trial, which includes customizable refill orders, so you're never going to run out of the products you love. And by default, your second shipment will be queued up to come one month later, but they're going to remind you twice before it's due to ship because you can easily delay, edit, or cancel a shipment at any time. So grove.co slash fun. You don't have to shop multiple stores or look endlessly online to get all the natural goods that you do for your family. Healthy, plant-based, non-toxic cleaning products, and they're very enjoyable and Again, for a limited time, grove.co slash fun. You'll get free five-piece cleaning set, grove.co slash fun. Shipping is fast and free on your first order. Okay, great. So what was I saying? Oh, social media. So I'm posting about, I have this leopard print mask. I, I went on Amazon maybe about six months ago and I said you know I'm I'm really paranoid I don't want to catch a cold I'm flying a lot I'm going to buy some fashionable masks that I can put on and so I got ones that have leopard print I think there's a polka dot one I think there was one that was kind of bejeweled and I actually went to Vegas with my parents and brought one of the masks with me because as you know and you know I'm always talking about I wish it were back in the day but you can smoke inside in Vegas and as much as I think I love it in real life I actually don't because it fucks with my voice so much I can't tell if I'm getting sick or if I'm just affected by all the secondhand smoke so I was walking around with my leopard print mask on and my mom was like take that off you look stupid and so I kept taking it off putting it on but I was paranoid because I was leaving for Europe the next week and I was like, the last thing I want to do is be in a germ-ridden place like Vegas and, you know, irritating. You know, it's like you can catch a cold easier if you've had 
smoke going up into your cilia. There's all kinds of things. You want to keep the air that you breathe clean, and then you have less chance of not being able to fight off a cold. Anyway, so now I don't know how well those things work, but you got to think putting something over your nose and mouth is better than not. And uh, of course, I ended up getting sick in November anyway, but I hadn't been wearing my masks. So everybody now, when I would wear my masks on the plane, people would look at me. And I wore the leopard print mask on the airplane in December when I went back east for Christmas. And now the reason I had it on was because my immune system had been lowered by taking so many steroids to try to get rid of this thing and antibiotics. And I wasn't fully better yet. And my lungs, they were not breathing very well. And so every time I took a breath, even with all my steroid inhalers and all this, I would be like... Just to feel like I was breathing, I started developing this quick, dry cough with every breath. So you don't want to sit next to that person on the airplane. Which, by the way, I have to do a side note. I am first class only when I go home for the holidays. It is such a stressful time. You don't want to be in the long lines at the airport. You want to relax. You might fly weird hours. You want to sleep. My entire year is built up to getting the first class flight to and from Boston or New York or wherever I'm going for the holidays. And I start thinking about it around now. So I fly so much, I have a lot of points. I had a ton of points on Delta from having gone to Europe. So I I bought a first class ticket with cash and points or miles in cash or something like that. And so, you know, I think I paid a few hundred dollars for the ticket but it, it normally would be, what, like 2400 or something like that. So that's how I start planning. Now, if you guys don't fly enough to get miles, maybe it's like you want to put in uh, something with like one of your credit cards where every time you spend, you get a point and then you can transfer those points to your favorite airline. That's what I do with Amex and JetBlue. So I'll put everything on my Amex, not like in a shopping addict way, but I pay everything with it and then pay it every month. You know what I mean? Like a business thing. So I guess I probably do spend more than you guys in that sense because I'm buying tour tickets, I'm buying plane tickets. And and so it, it ends up working out that by December, I can easily like cash and points my way to first class. But it's so worth it. But I still knew the woman next to me is going to be annoyed. Little did I know that she would have a full-size German shepherd with her as her anxiety dog, which by the way was fine. You know, I was sitting there, I don't know if I talked about this, I was sitting there and she comes on and this dog is giant. Now, I've been bitten by a German shepherd and they are the dog choice of the Nazis. And and not going to hold that. I'm German. I'm a German shepherd. So I can make fun of a German dog. So, but by the way, on the flight, now I'll get back to the story. I'm saying German shepherd. Then it was masks, social media, right? And then it's coronavirus mask. Oh, yeah, we're still talking about coronavirus. Okay, great. So when I was on the plane, though, I was wearing my Beta brand pants. Now, some products that I advertise on this podcast, I do not use. And I I can let you know that, but I say uh, I endorse it. Beta brand I do use and I love it. And I'm very self-conscious about my butt. I don't like my bum. A lot of people do. Oh, there's a website dedicated to it. I have 
white girl ballet class damage. I have enough issues to work on in life. This one will never go away. Don't want to work on it. Don't care. Don't send me remedies or articles. It's how I am. And so I always like my butt to look not too big compared to the rest of my body because it makes me crazy and I feel like I don't know what it is. I don't like it. So I don't like things too tight on my butt. So I'm not one of these people that walks around wearing yoga pants in public except for in yoga class or in Pilates class. So I don't wear form-fitting things out and about. So when I tell you that I love Beta Brand and they are basically dress pant yoga pants, I'm telling you they don't cling to the parts of your body that you wouldn't want, you know, even if you love your butt, things you wear to a workout class, you may not necessarily want to wear in public on a plane or to work. And that's why I love Beta Brand because they're they're well-fitting pants with a stretchiness, but they they don't hug you in that same way like you're off to yoga class and here's my butt and all the folds underneath it. All right. Let's just that's just my you want a podcaster to do your ad, that's the honest tea you're gonna get. So here's the deal. You're getting ready for work. You're like, is it a stylish day or is it a comfortable day? Now, thanks to Beta Brands dress pants, yoga pants, you don't have to decide. Running from a flight straight to a meeting, that's right, dress pant yoga pants. I mean, it sounds silly, but it's really, really true. The ones that I have that I wore on the flight are black. They have kind of a boot cut leg, so they're not tight all the way down. And there's a little pocket in the back, so it looks like they're not stretch pants. And they totally are. And they're actually um, so flattering that I feel like a little thinner in them. Not that thin is good or bad, but for me, these are my body issues. I like to feel and look thin. So they're stylish. They're comfortable. And they're professional, and you should never have to pick just one when you're wearing a pair of pants. Their yoga pants are super comfy, perfectly stretchy, and they stay wrinkle-free. That's the other thing. So I can sit on the plane, I can sleep, and I get off the plane. No wrinkles. That's not something that could be said for actual dress pants. They have all of the styles of dress pants with the stretch, fit, and feel of yoga pants. They have really cute ones, like ones with like checkers on them, like checkerboard patterns, like all kinds of different patterns, all kinds of different work pants that are not all straight bootleg. You can get dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles like boot cut, straight legs, skinny, cropped, and more. They even have a pair that has eight pockets. And now they also have premium denim that's flexible. So right now, my listeners can get 20% off of their first order when they go, whoops, to beta, when they hit a microphone like I just did. When you go to betabrand.com slash fun, that's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D, betabrand.com slash fun. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants that you'll ever wear to work. Go to betabrand.com slash fun for 20% off. I know I wrote my notes down. German Shepherd. So she comes on with a full size. I keep saying full size German Shepherd. I just feel like it's not one of those little dogs that you can put in your purse. You couldn't even fit this dog in a checked suitcase. Not that you would want to. Um, so he comes on. She comes on. She's got the window seat. And again, it's first class. It's one of those pods kind of on Delta where... You know, there's a lot of space between you and the other person because of all the pod stuff and you can, you know, lay down fully. So it's great. And honestly, the dog's not bothering me, but I did get bit by my aunt's German shepherd in 2001. Uh, He was sitting in front of the fireplace. It was Christmas. I went to pet him. He turned around, bit me. Now, I know you say, Don't do that to a dog. Don't sneak up on him. It was a family dog that had children running around all the time, children grabbing at him. You know, like it 
I didn't think there'd be a problem. So he bit me. We had to go get, I think, some kind of tetanus shot. or I don't know what we did. We went to the ER real quick. Um, there was no one in there, which is strange, because usually I feel like Christmas is just like Christmas in the ER. Everybody's there. But my aunt was a little bit like, okay, well, dogs bite people. It was very strange, because she's a God-loving woman. She's a, a Catholic woman. She, the Christmas cards are always Jesus, Mary, Joseph. She sticks sticks to the plot, you know, and... uh she was a little bit uh, like, well, don't touch a dog then. That's what dogs do. And I was like, okay. And uh, she loves Trump. So I don't know. <clears throat> Are they related? I don't know. She trolled me on my own Instagram page once. I shouldn't be saying this, but she did. Just saying. So I'm on the, I'm on the plane with the German Shepherd and the lady. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like kind of getting away from her and running around. And in that moment, I just had so much empathy for her because he really actually seemed like a anxiety dog. And, uh, you know, he had the little thing on that said, I'm I'm the real deal. And, you know, I've seen people with their pets. I'm like, that's not an anxiety pet. You just, I know what you're doing. So I could tell this was real and she was anxious. And I thought it was really beautiful because she, it does, it does take you out of yourself. And I know from going to various 12-step programs and doing various things that helping others is a great way to help with anxiety. Helping others takes you out of yourself and community is important, you know, all kinds of things. So I enjoyed that she had chosen, unlike myself, who's chosen clonopin as needed, not every flight, obviously, um, she's chosen dealing with her dog you know, that's part of it. It's not just like, oh, my dog's cute. I'm petting him. It's in reducing my anxiety. It it gives you a focus and a purpose. You're thinking of someone else's comfort. And that poor dog did not look comfortable. And she kept apologizing me. And as America's greatest seatmate, I kept saying, there's literally nothing you could do that could bother me. I am on a plane. And I really actually mean this. I'm on a plane. I'm in my awesome seat. I'm going to watch a movie. Um... I'm about to lay down. I'm totally fine. You're in the window seat. Like, there's nothing you could do except maybe small talk me. That wouldn't, I didn't say that, but I said, you have my, like, you never have to say sorry again. You're really not bothering me. You you got lucky. I'm not just being nice. I am the seatmate that is not annoyed by most things. Um, children screaming bother me, but only because... The parents usually are, don't seem to be paying attention to why. It's their ears. It's their ears. And they're throwing iPads in front of them and this and that. And I just want to go, it's their ears. Or they're nervous flyers. That's all. I just want to help. But otherwise, nothing really bothers me. Smells bother me. Uh, but that's really it. So that was my first class journey. But then she started, she, she uh, didn't eat any of the food they offered. And instead kept getting hot water and putting this kind of smelly green powder into her hot water. And I was like, I don't know what she's doing, but I should do that. I should be that kind of healthy where, oh, no, no food for me. I'll just drink hot green water. It was probably some kind of healthy drink. But then she was sharing it with her dog. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. So I was like, you know what? I'm kind of glad I'm not. There's a lot of business going on in that chair. But but God bless. You know, it's a six-hour flight. That's a, that's a big chunk of your day, you know, go off, treat it, treat it like it's your day. Anyway, 
So I'm wearing my mask. I'm like, I can wear, if she can have a full-size dog, I can have a mask. So I put on my mask and, you know, people are kind of looking at me. I think it makes people nervous because they're thinking, okay, it's either someone who's really concerned with getting sick or what do they have that I'm not supposed to be getting? Should they even be on this flight? And there was a woman behind me who was kind of taking the heat off me because she had a mask on. And she said to her seatmate, I have to wear this mask because I have an immune disorder. And if I catch anything, I'll die. And her seatmate was like, okay, like, it's fine. And she just kept saying, have you ever had an immune disorder where you could die? And she's like, nope. And she's like, yeah, I could die. So um, I can't take the mask off. And she was like, that's fine. I don't want you to. And she's like, I just don't want you to think I'm sick. It's that if I get sick, I die. She's like, I totally got it. And I was like, oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you, Airplane Jesus. Imagine if Mask Woman had been next to me with my fashion mask, which really probably doesn't get the job done. But again, I didn't really need it to. So I was just wearing my mask so that when I would do my little breathing coughing, like (laughs) that it wasn't scaring or annoying people. And, you know, I didn't want them to think I was sick. It was totally asthmatic. And then also when you have one of those on, you're breathing in this nice warm air and it feels really good. So that was all that was about. But imagine like medical mask woman behind me who's like, I could die. I could die any minute. Imagine if she was next to me looking at my leopard print mask. She would have been like, that's not regulation. I could die. Are you sick? Because now I'm going to die. I only had a woman with a full-size dog who's took up the entire space. I mean, I couldn't have put my foot down if I wanted, which again, for some reason, didn't bother me, um, eating a hot green powdered thing. So there you go. You know, we're in these small things. We got to make it work. But now I'm thinking, I took this, oh, I forgot to mention, oh, because this airs after it. Well, by the time you hear this, I will have come back from a gig in Washington, D.C. that I took at the last minute. They're like, it's, you know, a 20-minute set, really good money. Like, sometimes you'll get one of those highfalutin gigs where 20 minutes is more money than you'll make doing five one-hour shows in an entire weekend. So I was like, yes, please, check, please. So, and they they fly me first class and they put me up at the Watergate Hotel, um, which is always fun. So, but I'm like, should I fly? Is it too dangerous to fly? But I looked up what kind of mask you need for coronavirus. And again, this will air after it. But I... You know, I don't know what my point is. Oh, I'll be wearing it. And it's not even fashionable. It's just a black mask. But now I'll be like, well, everybody's wearing them because it's the coronavirus. Everybody's doing it, doing it. It's the, do the corona. Oh, shit. See, you got to get the video portions. You can see all the stupid shit I'm doing. It's five bucks a month. That is four one-hour videos of me doing awesome things. So anyway, um, and it's a bonus. Well, I forget what the tiers are. I'm not going to start rattling them off. Oh my God. Just go check it out, Patreon. I mean, for each level, there's $3, $5, $10, I think $15, $25. For each different level, you get more and more content. And then the $50 rich bitch level involves like free tickets to shows and VIP treatment and all kinds of stuff. Um, and a t-shirt, and each level, uh, some of the levels have, like, original merch. These are not things you can get on my Tee Public page, so it's, like, original designs, but they do it in this kind of surprise way. Like, you don't see what it is until you sign up and get it, so there you go. All right, go to uh, Patreon. You can search Jen Kirkman. It's listed under my name, not having fun lists. 
uh, not having fun listeners, but again, go to all my pages and you'll see everything there. So anyway, my friends, hopefully uh, if you're hearing this and I'm dead from coronavirus, you'll be like, sometimes she, she records in advance. She did tell us. Um, well, there you go. I was going to read an article about internal monologues, but I realize that I'm running out of time and that I think it might be better if I do it next week as a topic. And so I will do it next week as a topic. So there you go. Um, if you buy tickets to my shows, we still have more show to go. Don't worry. I'm just, I'm just doing the mid-roll thing. Um, if you buy tickets to my shows, please do me a favor. People have been doing this and I love it. Make an Instagram story about it. Show off your ticket. I mean, I don't know what that does, but the Instagram story is cute. I'm at Jen Kirkman on Instagram. Take a picture of yourself with the ticket. Do a story about it. I'm, if you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Why do you not want me to succeed in life? I'm not getting another Netflix special. Amazon said no. HBO said no. I'm in the prime of my life. My friend's wife who works at Netflix was like, your specials came out too early. If they'd been later, you would be fucking huge right now. Like everything for me, it goes back to anything goes weeks ago. It's always like this amazing thing happened. Wah, wah, the timing's bad. So if you want me to still tour, would you help take part in keeping the word out there? So use hashtag Jen Kirkman 2020. If you buy tickets and you can at me on Twitter, I'll retweet you again. People need to know. They don't need to know it from me. I'm coming to Boston, which is a bad example because I'm not, but I'm coming to Dallas. And they're like, yeah, but I don't want to leave the house. But if everyone in Dallas is like, well, we're going and we're not afraid of coronavirus. And then everyone else will be like, oh, my God, I'm totally going. So I'm not just saying this like, here's a fun thing to do. I love interacting with fans. I'm begging you. Hashtag Jen Kirkman 2020 at Jen Kirkman on Instagram and Twitter. Please do make little videos, Instagram stories, posts, whatever that I can retweet to let everyone know to come to my shows and that other fans are coming. Fans, fans, fans. Uh, that word is so obnoxious. So anyway, let's read a listener email or two. Uh, somebody was telling me about the sleep. The sleep thing is still going. The sleep divorce remains a very popular topic. I'm getting a lot of emails about it. So um, somebody said to me, hey, Jen, I just listened to today's podcast where you read listener emails. And, uh, oh, sorry. I cut and pasted the wrong thing. This, is, this isn't about sleeping. This is about motivation. Um, one was from a mom who was having trouble finding motivation. I could relate to that a lot. I really liked what you said about motivation not being a thing that you can wait for. You just got to do the damn thing even if you don't want to. So when I came home from work today, I was feeling kind of down and decided, fuck it, I'm going to dance. So I put on a cheesy at-home 15-minute dance cardio video on YouTube, shut the blinds, and went to town. Thanks for the advice. It definitely helped this girl. I'm ready for the snapback, even if it's just 15 minutes a day. Love the show and you. Kate from Atlanta. There you go. I hope if the mom listening who needs motivation, if I didn't inspire you at all, let Kate from Atlanta inspire you. Um, this one is about sleep separation. Dear Jen, thanks a million for bringing up sleep divorce. I have set up our spare room now as my own and it's been heaven. One of my girlfriends sleeps in a separate room than her husband. And when I have brought this up to my mom... She has tut-tutted that that is the end of the marriage. I assume you're British. Oh, it's the end of the marriage. You must be in the same bed. On the contrary, 
I'm actually a lot fonder of my man now that I don't have to deal with his snoring and farts and his coming to bed after I fall asleep and waking me up. I haven't been sleeping properly in years, and I just thought I was an insomniac. No, it turns out you got some mans in your bed. I rent a cottage a few times a year with girlfriends, and my favorite part about those weekends is getting into my own bed in my own room at night. Now I do that every night, and my boyfriend is totally cool with it. I'll check down, I'll check in down the line to let you know if it breaks us up, but so far, it's just brought us more love. This has all been so simple. Thanks, and bisou from Montreal. I should know what that means because I am French-Canadian. Bisou. B-I-S-O-U-X. Thanks, and... Oh, it's like hugs and kisses. I did know that. I did know that. I forgot I knew it. Yes, please check in, Montreal friend. I, I didn't put your name here. You must have asked me not to. And uh, let me know. Oh, and this one, we'll end on this. I think this person is also from uh, from Canada as well. Thanks, Canadians. But this was about a few weeks ago. I talked about that French teacher I had who I thought might be gay. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was. And uh, the high school musical that I did and all that. Dear Jen, I heard you talking about your high school French teacher on the podcast this week and how you thought maybe this person was gay but not out. I mean, yeah, it's Boston in 1992. It made me think of my own French teacher from high school. Nobody in my school was really out. This was 2002. And I wasn't finding gender and sexuality stuff easy to navigate. I didn't even allow myself the thought that I was queer until my first year away from home at university. This teacher was a real gem. Taught us the French culture and language by reading existential plays and assigning us to write poetry. No boring, here's where the participle goes, garbage. It was like taking a class in French philosophy and how to think and enjoy culture like a French person. We made a big pot of coffee in class each morning. Oh my God, I love this teacher. I don't know if the teacher's a man or woman. Just like, kids, let's get real. I'm putting on the coffee. I would have freaked out because I started drinking coffee at 14 and adults were like, you shouldn't drink. It'll stunt your growth. I'm like, I'm short anyway. I already know. I'm not growing anymore. Um, and what do I need to be tall for? I'm not playing basketball. Like, it stumped my growth. It's given me life uh, otherwise. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Enjoy a, a, a big pot of coffee in class each morning. Considered concepts like hell being other people. It was something truly special, and it shaped my life. This teacher was so encouraging of my writing and love of the arts. To this day, I intend to include a dedication to them when I publish something. About six years later, I learned that this teacher, who was the kind of flamboyant that in hindsight left no room to speculate, as Margaret Cho might say, they, quote, had no say in the decision-making process, that this person had died after a long illness, the obit mentioned a male-sounding named partner, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, of course. He could see me better than I could have seen myself at the time. Tragically, I couldn't recognize that part of myself or them, uh... Not that I would have had negative feelings. I was truly so blinded to the possibility someone would have had to say the exact words, I am gay, for me to have thought so. So sitting there at my computer, taking a Facebook break from working on an article for the queer community newspaper in the apartment I then shared with my partner in the middle of uh, the gay part of town in the town he lives in, to be suddenly made aware of all these things. 
I broke down and sobbed from a depth I rarely experience. I grieved for their partner and for the secrecy of their life, the surrounding conservative culture jeopardizing his job security and all but eliminating the possibility that someone like them could be a model for me to realize who I truly was. I knew I was grieving for that loss too, as for the loss to the world of this beautiful person, grieving for my own teenage self, and for the unneeded suffering I experienced for never feeling quite like I could enjoy normal teen, young adult dating sex intimacy because I couldn't identify what was missing. Turns out it was an understanding of gender identity as more than a hanging chad marking off only one of two inadequate choices. How's that vintage reference for you? Showing off my not too millennial to know what shit is cred. Anyway, your podcast makes me laugh from that deep place, and I feel you should be constantly receiving feedback about how much your openness and unique spark charge up other folks. Yeah, thank you. I should. I feel the same way. I guess this is what it feels like when you have a great set in front of a live audience. It's actually nothing like that. Um, stand up is math. I gave you the equation. You laugh at it, which means you understand what I said, and we're done. It doesn't fill up an emotional thing. My God, if a job did that, it's very dangerous. But a side project like a podcast that's meant to connect with people, it does fill me up when people tell me stuff. So, hey, tell me something. I seem fun at gmail.com. Always down for that, of course. Um, Blah, blah, blah. May you be happy, healthy, and finding yourself accepting and enjoying real love from others and yourself. What a wonderful wish to someone. I'll read that again. May you be healthy and happy, finding yourself accepting and enjoying real love from others and yourself. Thank you so much for doing what you do so folks like me who might never meet you in person can still gain from feeling like we have a kindred spirit out there. You do. I am having so much fun, having funlessness along with you. All the best. Thank you. Oh, what a sweet email. Everyone else, go to your rooms and think about why you haven't sent me such a sweet email like that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's so tragic. All the, literally the lives that were lost, um, in the gay community because the government didn't give a fuck about AIDS, but also just quality of life that was lost where you, you couldn't be your authentic self in front of anyone. You didn't know what it was like to walk down the hall in high school, holding hands with someone because you would have been beaten to death. I mean, at least where, where I was growing up, you would have been your ass severely kicked and, uh, might be different for some people now. But, uh, yeah. Oh, God, I keep hitting the microphone. My hand just freaks out. Cut to two months from now. Like, well, I got the diagnosis. I have um, overreacting arm syndrome, and it's going to keep getting worse till I'm a danger to everyone and myself, and I have to be taped down. Okay, anyway, until next week, have fun.